Hey guys, welcome to Learn Feng Shui, where you'll learn Feng Shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. If you like weekly tips as well as fun folklore tales, you'll enjoy learning Feng Shui with me. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. Hemp and cannabis use in ancient China as well as Xinyang, the father of Chinese medicine. Hey guys, a little bit of information before I start the show. So this show is actually um, two different episodes that I did that are pieced together to make one long episode. When I was doing a podcast uh, prior to 2020, 2020-ish, I was doing bi-weekly episodes. And so I would do a, a short Feng Shui episode and then I was doing a short Folklore Friday episode. And so it just kind of combined together to create one longer episode, right? And uh, so this audio is from two different weeks. And so you may hear a reference, like I talk about something I talked about last week or something like that, but that is actually, um, that's what that's in reference to. Anyhow, uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, cannabis use in ancient China. And then the segment, uh, Folklore Friday segment is going to be about the father of Chinese medicine. And so it'll kind of go together uh, backwards, I suppose. But anyhow, so don't get confused if you hear me referencing a book. Uh, it's referenced in the Folklore Friday segment. Hey guys, I'm pretty excited to put together this episode. It was actually very interesting and very enlightening. So one of the things that, you know, I thought that we would be more open to looking at is this use of cannabis and hemp in ancient China um, here in the United States. I know I have a lot of international listeners and I know some countries it's completely illegal. They, you know, very much frown upon it and stuff like that. But here in the U.S., um, many, many states have legalized medicinal use of medical marijuana or cannabis. And a lot more states now are looking at their recreational use and letting it just be open. I think a lot of a misunderstanding surrounds the use of cannabis and it does have a lot of medical properties to it. And even the ancient Chinese knew this. As you know, the basis of Chinese medicine really is herbs and balancing out the chi in your body. And they discovered cannabis to be a useful herb in ancient China. So today I want to focus on um, how they used it, not only cannabis, but also hemp products and, um, you know, focus on how they used it in different ways. The earliest recordings of cannabis being used for medical properties is, of course, the book I mentioned last week, which is that farmer's classic of Medica Materia. But it also states here on from Wikipedia, it says the early Chinese surgeon is accredited with being the first recorded person to use cannabis as an anesthetic. He reduced the plant to powder and mixed it with wine for administration prior to conducting surgery. Um, the Chinese term for anesthetic also literally translates to cannabis intoxication and um, they proved a strong knowledge of narcotic properties of cannabis at least from the first millennia bc when ma which is what they called cannabis was already used in um, for these purposes um, it also meant numb or senseless and they stated here that it was such a strong drug however that the chinese pharmacist had obtained um, from different regions, I suppose, to try to test out different strains of it to find one that would knock you out for surgery. And it says that they would use the cannabis indica because it was so strong it knocks you out cold. And um, 
I would not know, but perhaps you may know that the um, if you have insomnia problems, <laughs> you can use the uh, the indica strains of of cannabis to help you go to sleep. So they use it differently for medical purposes. Um, you know, I think as we think about it today, we think about um, and you know just smoking it, I suppose, for medical reasons um, because that's kind of the societal picture of marijuana, you know, you just smoke it, right? But here it says that medical use was highlighted in the Pharmapedia of Tang, which prescribed the root of a plant to remove a blood clot while the juice from the leaves could be ingested to combat tapeworms. Um, the seeds of cannabis reduced to powder and mixed with rice wine was recommended for different uh, materia medica uh, against several ailments. Uh, ranging from constipation to hair loss. So the Ming Dynasty uh, provided detailed instructions on harvesting the heads of cannabis sativa plants. And while the few authors who acknowledged hemp in various pharmapedias seemed to agree that the um, resinous female flowering heads were the source of dreams and revelations after copious consumptions. According to the ancient um, Xinyang, who we talked about last week, one could see demons and walk like a madman, even becoming in touch with spirits over time. Other medical writers warned that ghosts could be seen after ingesting the potion um, based on raw seeds blended with um, some different herbs. So I will say if you're going to mix um, some different hemp seeds with wine, um, I probably wouldn't be surprised if you, um, start hallucinating. <laughs> it also states here that every part of the hemp is used in medicine. So flowers are recommended in 120 different forms of disease, um, menstruation disorders, wounds. It says here, um, the, I don't know what part this is, but achenia, which is considered to be poisonous, stimulate the nervous system, and if used in access, will produce hallucinations and staggering gait. So, you know, you'll be walking funny. <laughs> um, they're prescribed in nervous disorders, especially those marked by a local anesthesia, I guess nerve damage. Um, the seeds are considered to be a tonic and a laxative, diuretic, and corrective. I'm not sure what the corrective thing means. It's some ancient talk here. It's prescribed internally for fluxes, postpartum difficulties, um, different sorts of poisoning, constipation, and um, for vomiting. And um, I have also heard that it does, I know that's one of the medical properties that it's said to help with cancer patients, um, that uh, it does um, also help with that nausea and to um, give you a little bit more of an appetite. Um, here it says uh, externally it's used for eruptions, ulcers, wounds, um, falling out hair. The hair is used, I mean, sorry, the oil is used for falling hair, sulfur poisoning, and dryness in the throat. The leaves are considered to be poisonous, but are freshly expressed juice um, act as it says here um, in some different ways. Uh, it says it stops your hair from turning gray. Um, the stalk or the bark is considered to be a diuretic and the juice of the root is thought to have a beneficial action when uh, in retained placenta uh, and used for postpartum hemorrhaging. So an infusion of hemp is a declement drink for quenching thirst and relieving fluxes. So I guess it's supposed to be good for heartburn. 
So cannabis or mall was a unique drug because it actually was said to contain both feminine or yin and masculine properties. Um, here in psychology today, it says here that yin represents the weak, passive, or negative female influence in nature, while the yang represents the strong, active, or positive male force. Um, I don't necessarily agree with this interpretation of yin and yang. Um, to me, yin is um, just a more inactive side. It's the the quiet. It's the calm. It might be a little bit the darker shadow, you know, um, like the moon, you know, but I don't believe it's negative. Whereas the yang is the sun and it's, you know, it's out there in the open, it's bright, it's active. Um, and so I, I don't agree with this interpretation, but again, it's from psychology today. So it's, I don't know how averse this person was that wrote the article in Chinese, um, concepts, but anyway, it says here when the yin and yang were in balance, the body was in harmony and healthy. When yin and yang were out of balance, the body was in a state of disequilibrium and ill, which is true. Realizing that the female plant produced more medicine, the Chinese cultivated it instead of the male plant. Ma was used to treat absences of yin, such as female weaknesses in menstruation, um, gout, rheumatism, malaria, and constipation. It says here even absent-mindedness. But in my interpretation or my knowledge of cannabis, I think it probably sometimes might make you more uh, absent-minded. <laughs> I do have a friend on Facebook that I remember um, a few years ago, she she moved to somewhere in Mexico and she became really, really sick with a tropical disease. And so when she uh, went to the local doctor there, um, there was a large vat um, in just a glass jar in the set in the sun, steeping in the sun of um, cannabis leaves. And uh, she kind of talked about uh, how he explained to her they use them for analgesic purposes. So um, it's not exactly what we think. And there are a bunch of different medical properties that can be taken from all the different parts of the plant. So now let's look a little bit more at the different properties and not so much the medical use, but a little bit more of the practical use of it. So it was not just used for medicinal purposes, but also for the fibers. And it says here that cannabis sativa is the old plant with a long history. And this is coming from psychology today. Um, the word sativa comes from the Latin word sown or cultivated. And in fact, the hemp plant or cannabis sativa has been cultivated by humans for thousands of years, which we know cultivated primarily for its strength and fiber and of course medicinal uses and of course in some places even grown for some food so the earliest archaeological hemp evidence was around 10,000 bc which comes from rope imprints from broken chinese pottery uh, fragments of hemp cloth have also been found in chinese burial chambers uh, in addition to archaeological evidence Written documents refer to hemp sources uh, for clothing. So for example, the Shu King, a book dating to about 2050 BC, refers to the soil in this area being rich with silk and hemp, while ancient pottery mentions young girls weaving hemp into clothing. It also says that the Chinese relied on hemp for warfare. Due to its strength and durability, Chinese archers made bowstrings from hemp because the hemp bowstrings are stronger than the enemy's bamboo ones. The Chinese arrows could fly further and it was a large advantage in war. In fact, hemp was so important to the Chinese monarchs that they allocated large portions of land specifically for growing hemp and it was called the first war crop. 
So paper is another invention of the Chinese and guess what they used to make it out of? Hemp. <laughs> so paper is probably the one of the most significant Chinese inventions. Fragments of paper containing hemp fibers have been found in Chinese graves dating to the first century BC. The Chinese made paper by crushing the hemp fibers in mulberry tree bark into a pulp and putting that mixture into a tank of water. The tangled fibers then rose to the top and were removed and placed in a mold. After drying, the fibers formed sheets that could be written on. So the Chinese kept this paper making secret um, to themselves for many centuries, but eventually the secret became known to the Japanese during the 5th century AD and then finally to the Arabs through Chinese prisoners in the 9th century. In ancient China, the Taoist monks actually also used to use cannabis and incense burners, believing that the smoke could serve as means of achieving immortality. They sometimes also consumed cannabis with ginseng, believing that the combination had the ability to set time forward, thus revealing future events. Just a little bit of a fun fact for the word marijuana, it's said to have actually originated uh, from these uh, Chinese American immigrants um, who were calling marijuana ma ranhua and the expression literally translated to hemp seed flower. So, um, they don't know if that's the exact origin of the word, but, um, it's, it's the possible explanation, uh, for the, um, the uh, common use of the word marijuana. Hey guys, just a little weekly reminder to go to learnfengshui.com to check out the blog post, look at that newsletter, and you know keep up with all things at Learn Feng Shui. Also, if you're enjoying this episode, consider leaving a review on the platform you're listening on. It really does help kind of get the show out there. All right, let's get to Folklore Friday and Xinyang, the father of Chinese medicine. Going to you from Toxopedia.com, which I'll link to, of course, in the show notes, um, talks about Xin Yang here, and of course, the father of Chinese medicine, noted for tasting 365 different herbs. Um, according to the legend, Xin Yang was a father of Chinese medicine and pharmacology. He sought out and investigated hundreds of herbs, documenting many of them in his aforementioned book, and is still worshipped today by Chinese medicine men. Um, Shen Yang was the ancient Chinese emperor believed to have lived 5,000 years ago. He's often referred to as the Yan Emperor and the literal meaning of his name translates to the divine farmer because he was credited to bringing agriculture to ancient China. He is widely respected in Chinese mythology also and is accredited as being the ancestor to the Vietnamese people as well as the Chinese. So it is debated as with the many different uh, ancient Chinese, you know, figures, ancient Chinese kind of deities, these mythological people, the emperor, was there really one person named Xin Yang? Well, that's a little bit deba debated. Um, it says here on Wikipedia, it various, variously translates a divine farmer or divine husbandman. 
And it does state that he was a mythological ruler who became a deity in Chinese and Vietnamese folk regions. Um, he is venerated as a cultural hero in China and in Vietnam. Shen Young has at times been counted amongst the three sovereigns or known as the three kings, who was an ancient group of deities or deified kings in prehistoric China. Shen Young has been thought to have taught the ancient Chinese not only the practices of agriculture, but also the uses of herbal drugs so he's accredited with various inventions which i thought was pretty interesting not only did they say he um you know documented this use and um created the use of herbs and and created the book um the you know about the herbal use but he also is said to have invented the hoe the plow the axe um credited to digging wells uh, creating irrigation preserving stored seeds and um, just all kinds of different stuff. He said he created the weekly farmer's market, the Chinese calendar, which is the 24 GT, which I talk about a lot, um, you know, the 24 solar term. So it's said that this person, this enlightened divine being um, brought all these things to ancient China. And so therefore he's really venerated and really um, thought highly of for helping the ancient Chinese learn more about agriculture and farming. So having transitioned from being a culture of hunting and gathering, um, they were able to now, you know, plow their fields, they're able to cultivate and have modern agriculture. And it said that this actually helped the people transition from a diet of meat, clams, and wild fruit to one based on grains and vegetables. And of course, this also helped in the development of herbal medicine because they were then able to plant and cultivate this, uh, the herbs that they needed for uh, medicinal purposes. And also with ancient Chinese tales, there's usually some sort of um, divine, this divine being when they're small, when they're newborn babies, uh, or when they're very young, they're said to possess different gifts. And Shen Yang was no different. Um, it says here on the Britannica.com that tales of his youth relate that he spoke after three days, walked within a week, and he could plow the field at age three. So it was said even from his uh, very young, <laughs> very being very young, he was very uh, gifted also. And so they knew he was going to be something special. So the book itself is actually broken down into three different sort of chapters or volumes, and it's said to represent the herbs that represent heaven, earth, and man, which is, of course, a concept we see in feng shui and Chinese metaphysics. So the first volume it is included it includes 120 drugs that are harmless to humans and that is said to be the heaven uh, aspect of you know heavenly properties of these drugs their heavenly uh, influences so it includes ginseng orange cinnamon licorice and cannabis which i was interested in and will talk about and devote a full episode to all in of its own and these of course known as the heaven herbs the second volume or chapter is the earth herbs or the i'm sorry of the man herbs i apologize and um it's uh, 120 therapeutic substances that are intended to treat the sick, but have toxic or potentially toxic properties of varying degrees. So in this category, we find ginger, peonies, and cucumber. 
Um, of course, that's the man aspect of it. And of course, here we have the earth. So in the last volume, there are 125 entries corresponding to substances which have a strong or violent action or psychological functions and are often poisonous. Um, rhubarb and pitted fruits, peaches, which I'm assuming is probably the pits from those those fruits because as we all know, um, they can contain, contain uh, some substances that we can't you know we, we're not supposed to consume so these are known as lower herbs or the earth herbs included in the book are very beautiful drawings that um they're you know depicting each of the herbs that it's talking about and um, it's a very interesting book and i noticed that it is uh, transliterated into english and i hope to score me a copy they do have them on amazon i noticed so this is something i'm pretty interested in if not just to have a copy for this the resource or just to look at the original Xinyang herbal is long gone, but a version that has four chapters was used by another writer called Tao Hongyang, I believe I pronounced that correctly, <laughs> to produce what is called the Xinyang Bin Kao Jin, which is the published work that we actually see today. So if you go look at um, the classic of the farmer's classic of uh, Medica Materia, this is the one you'll actually find. Um, here it says the text has twice as many herbs as the original and arranged by type of material. So it's actually, I kind of looked through it online and again, I kind of want to buy it just for, uh, for fun, but um, it is broken down really into minerals, trees, herbs, and the categories, or of course the upper, upper, middle, and lower, which I just talked about. Sections copied from the original were in red ink, and while new material and commentary of various herbal authorities were written in black ink, thus preserving the original version. So I guess there's, you know, all the annotated versions. Um, that way you can see the original, and then you can see uh, probably the author's notes, which that's not very uncommon. A lot of books in ancient China and really throughout history, um, and, uh, even the Yi Jing um, has different commentary from different philosophers and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it is said that Xin Yang had an unfortunate ending, indulging a little bit too much in his work and actually poisoning himself. And so all the accounts that I've read online um, kind of attribute his death to poisoning, which is very unfortunate. And But he's, again, very honored amongst the Chinese people. And of course, in addition to having a book name after him, it says here, Xinyang has been honored by having a region rich in plant resources named after him as well. So Xinyang Jia, or it's called really uh, literally translates into Xinyang's bookshelf or Xinyang's ladder, which is the legendary story about him, um, says that he carried out his investigation of herbs in this area and is not actually far from his birthplace. Xinyang Jia is a high plateau in central China, which mountains, ridges, and rivers crisscrossing in this area. Um, it has a main forested area, and it lies, it says here, between the Yangtze River and Han River. The area has become famous today as a place where the bear man, which is a Bigfoot or Yeti, sometimes uh, is said to reside, is, is said to have sightings of him. There's six mountain peaks that are about 3,000 meters high, with the highest peak being about 3,100 meters. A large stream runs through it and is called the Xinyang Stream or Xinyang River. 
Much, much of this area, the Xingyang Jiao, is now a nature preserve, and there are numerous rare plants there, and it's known for its ginkgo trees, its different lilies, funguses, um, and it says altogether there are about 3,000 plant species in the area with 34 endangered species that are under government protection. So even though, of course, he had this, um, this end to his life, he's very honored again and has this beautiful area named after him. I'm looking at a picture here online and man, it's just amazing. You can look in this lush green area and a little fun feng shui fact, it's said that when you have mountains, the greener they are, they're called green dragons. The greener they are, the more fertile and lush and you know, better the, the better feng shui is said to be in the green mountains. So if you ever go to a region that has these super green mountains, you'll know that it has really good feng shui. All right, guys, well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember, I won't be here next week. Usually take the last week of the month off to get things prepped for the next month. So I'll be back on May 3rd with May Energy Update, month of the snake. So let's see what it has in store for you. I'll catch you guys then. For a free one room consultation or energy mapping of your space, follow the link in the show notes. To support the podcast, share with your family and friends, leave a review, or go to learnfengshui.com.